Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Talking Sports with Evan. Thank you so much for tuning into tonight's show. It's a Friday show tonight. Typically, I'm at Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday uh, show, but today it's a Friday night show. Happy Friday. We made it through the week. Um, been a, for me, anyways, a pretty hectic week with work and uh, whatnot going on. So, Again, uh, thank you for those that tune in live or listen to the podcast later on. You can find the podcast, Talking Sports with Evan, anywhere podcasts are found. Spotify, Apple, you name it, you can find it. Um, that will probably get posted a little later tonight after the show. And then you can find me every week on my Twitter or X at Evan with Sports or on Facebook, Talking Sports with Evan or on YouTube. Look for Evan with Allison. And a bunch of things to discuss tonight uh, that I want to get out there. Packers and Chiefs, Sunday night football, possibly snow game. And I'm going to preview that matchup a little bit with the Kansas City Chiefs and talk about some of the un underlying storylines in this game as well. I know it's going to have a lot of NBC's attention. I'm going to talk about that. I'm also going to talk about... Who? What teams in the NFL have, have the biggest surprises so far in the 2023 season? And who are the biggest disappointment in the 2023 season? I think there's some obvious choices um, for biggest disappointments, I, I believe. And I'm going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about coaches on the hot seat. Defensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders, Jack Del Rio, lost his job shortly after Thanksgiving loss to Dallas. And after the uh, Carolinas loss over the weekend, they have a head coaching opening too. And I'm also going to talk about some of the hot coaching names that are out there as well to keep your... Um, Um, some names to keep your eye on um, for these openings as well. Uh, that's Fortunately, that, that's the one thing I forgot to put up on my screen that I have in front of me, so I got to pull that up really quick. But going to give you some names to keep an eye on um, as possible head coaches in the 2024 NFL season. After the... Uh, after the openings become available and Adam Schefter, which I know we don't like talking about him after the whole Aaron Rodgers uh, uh, situation a couple years ago when he was adamant that he was going to be gone and then it didn't happen. Adam Schefter on the Pat McAfee show earlier this week said as many as seven to 10 NFL head coaches could be fired this year. And I think we up to two or three. I know there's Josh McDaniels, and now there's Frank Reich. I think that's it for now. But he says as many as seven to ten openings could become available. And I guess we're going to try to work on narrowing down who those openings could be as I talk about coaches on the hot seat. Also, some Brewers and Bucks chatter I want to throw in as well if I do have some time. Otherwise, I guess I could push that back to next week and talk about the NBA play-in tournament and the Bucks and some struggles they've obviously been having. So starting with the Packers and the Kansas City Chiefs, 
the Kansas City Chiefs, the Patrick Mahomes-led Kansas City Chiefs, are coming into Lambeau Field, and you would think that the storyline would be, this is Pat Mahomes' first trip to Lambeau Field in his career. You would think that the storyline would be that this is a historic matchup between two historic franchises in the NFL. Packers and Chiefs played in Super Bowl one. But the big storyline going around is will or won't Taylor Swift be at Lambeau Field when the Packers take on the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football? Matt LaFleur kind of, you know, hinted at that, yes, she's going to be there. That's what he's heard. Or I, I don't know if he was being uh, sarcastic there or being legit when he was making his comments at his presser when he was asked about her. But And I have nothing against Taylor Swift. I think she's a very talented performer. She puts on great concerts. There's a reason why she sold out places all over the world with, over this past year. And she had sold out shows from California to New York, from coast to coast, and everywhere in between. Every single show she had was sold out. But unfortunately, we know that's going to be the story. And I, I wonder what the over-under is for how many times NBC shows Taylor Swift during their broadcast on Sunday Night Football, if she's there. I'm going to put the over-under at five and a half. Five and a half. That's where I put in the over-under on. And if you're watching the show, you're listening to the show before Sunday, shoot me a tweet at Evan Witt Sports, or you can comment at Talking Sports with Evan, or you can go on the YouTube page, Evan Witt House, and you can comment on this show here. But over-under five and a half. How many times... Are they going to show Taylor Swift on Sunday Night Football if she's there? I'm putting the over-under at five and a half, and I'm going to bet the over easily because I think they're going to show her often, especially if Travis Travis Kelsey has the game that he potentially could have based against the Packers' defense. And the, the, the Chiefs come into this matchup. Offensively, they're struggling. I, I think it's fair to say that offensively, the Kansas City Chiefs are struggling. They struggling to move the football. They're struggling to put points on the board at times. They're struggling to score. And it's you know I don't know the reason why. I don't know the reason why the the Chiefs are struggling so much, but they are. And well, I guess I kind of know why. They, they let a lot of talent go on offense over the last couple of years, and they haven't really done a good job at replenishing that talent. At wide receivers right now for the, the Chiefs, you have Marquez Valdez-Gatling, currently, according to Pro Football Focus, the 114th out of 122 wide receivers. You got Rice, who's been a pretty good slot receiver thus far for Kansas City. And you have Watson, number 84, who's the 69th rated receiver. Justin Watson at one outside receiver. You have Rashi Rice in the slot, who is a second-round pick uh, in this year's draft. And like I said, you got Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who had a huge drop. The last time we saw the Chiefs on primetime football, they were going up against the, uh, the Eagles on Monday night. And he had a chance to catch the game-winning 
touchdown grab or at least a go ahead and he let it flip slip through his fingers. Offensive line hasn't been the best either for Kansas City at times. They do have one of the best centers and right guard in all of football, and their left guard is pretty solid this season too. But their left tackle and their right tackle giving up some pressures. And with Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith, who are playing really well rushing the quarterback thus far this season, the Packers might be able to get some pressure on Pat Mahomes. The, the big X factor in this matchup against this Kansas City Chiefs offense is Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is one of the top tight ends in the NFL. He is, is still one of the top tight ends in the NFL. Even at 34 years old, he is extremely tough to he's extremely tough to to play and you have to account for him on every play. So far this season, he's been an inline tight end 167 snaps this season. He's been in the slot 217 snaps this season. He's been out wide 101 snaps this season. He's even lined up a quarterback once that this season. That's kind of weird to me. But anyway, that's where he's lined up. And I don't know who on the Packers defense are they going to have or be able to cover Travis Kelsey. You have Jonathan Owens, uh, Darnell Savage possibly coming back for this game. Rudy Ford at the safety positions. I think that's going to be a matchup nightmare across the board for the Packers trying to cover Travis Kelsey. See, the Packers defense have struggled covering the middle, and it seemed to have been a problem for at least the last decade covering the middle of the field. <clears throat> I don't know who's going to cover him. You Also, in the middle linebacker, you have Devondre Campbell, who should play, and Quay Walker, who are both pretty good coverage linebackers in the NFL. They do a pretty good job in coverage, both uh, extremely athletic. And I know Walker is, he's a second year player and he's, you know, he's been up and down. I, I think there's still a lot of upside and promise to Quay Walker that he's going to be a very good middle linebacker in the NFL. Some things he has to work on. Um, I, he, he is a good tackler, but he has tendencies to, and, you know, credit Scott, my friend Scott, for pointing this out. And I agree with that. He has tendencies to to pull up and pull back sometimes when his teammates are getting in there for the stop. He doesn't really attack the football if there's already teammates there, which the guy, the, you know, the runner breaks tackle, boom, next thing you know, big game. But I think Quay Walker is developing just the way we expect him to. I think next uh, towards by the end of this year and into next year, you're going to see a big bump in productivity from him. And when he's on, he's on. He, he the first game against Detroit when the Packers lost, he was all over the place, all over the place, making tackles at the line of scrimmage, making tackles, chasing plays down downfield. Um, he was on one side of the sideline by the, uh, let's say, the left hash, and he was able to go all the way past the right hash to make a tackle. He is a sideline. He has sideline to sideline athleticism, and we at times the Chicago game in Week One, the first Lions game, he, we've seen at times when he flies all over the field, but we've also also seen where he doesn't play as well. I digress. My focus is Packers Chiefs. I think he could be an option if he's on to potentially cover some Travis Kelsey as well. 
I think between Owens and Ford and Walker and Campbell, they got options there, but they're still not great options. The key thing against Kansas City, you have to get pressure on Pat Mahomes. Got to get in his face. Got to make it hard for him to, to throw the football. And you're going to have to get pressure off the edge with Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith. And then your Kenny Clark and your Slayton and your Wyatt and whoever else plays defensive line, they can't give Mahomes room to step up. And your edge guys have to rush under control, and you cannot give Mahomes room to step up. If you rush off the edge out of control and you go past the quarterback, Mahomes is going to find that lane step into there to make a uh, throw down the field, or he's going to tuck it and run. He's a great athlete, and he's a great thrower of the football, and he has a lot of great arm angles that he attacks the field with. And if the receivers are on for Kansas City, he can make your day a living hell. The Packers' defense, I think, is more of a mirage at this point. I don't think they're as good as we have seen this season. They give up a lot of yards, I guess is what I would say. They're they're doing a good job of keeping they're doing a good job of keeping the the opponent out of the end zone, but they give up a ton of yards. And you're gonna run into a team that isn't going to make mistakes and shoot themselves in the foot and do things to keep stay out of the end zone. And Kansas City could be that team. Kansas City could be the team that makes you pay for basically giving up a ton of yards. And I'm sure Valdez Scantling will want to have a, a, a big game in Lambeau. Offensively for Green Bay, you're going to be without Aaron Jones again, unfortunately. A.J. Dillon's been playing better. Patrick Taylor, you have him, who uh, who's a pretty solid backup. Josh Robinson's back on the practice squad. Uh, maybe uh, they can elevate him again. I don't know how all that works. I'm not going to pretend to know, but maybe they can always elevate him again. But the Packers are going to have to find a way to run the football against this uh, Chiefs defense to take some pressure off of uh, Jordan Love because this defense for Kansas City, they love the blitz. And we saw it the last time Jordan Love started against Kansas City. There was a game where Rodgers couldn't play because of COVID. We saw it there that the Chiefs attack. They attack the line of scrimmage, and they do what they can to make quarterbacks uncomfortable. And when the quarterbacks are uncomfortable, that's when they make mistakes. If you get the run game going and you're able to run the ball a little bit, you're going to be able to then be, you know, you're going to be able to set up and play action passes and attack the middle of the field. Defensive line-wise, outside of Jones, their defensive line isn't that great. Uh, they they got some young guys, uh, second year player from uh, Purdue, George Karleftis. He he's their you know he was their big first round pick last year. He's been a little disappointing this season at times. Then you got Chris Chris Jones who signed the big free agent uh, the big uh, contract um, for Kansas City. I, I think right after week one or right before. I think it was right at, yeah, right after week one. He's their stud, and you're gonna he's gonna be able to disrupt the game if you let him. So it's gonna be key for your Josh Myers, your John Runyon, and your Elton Jenkins. Those three are gonna be key on Jones. They're gonna have to do a good job on Jones. And John Runyon, unfortunately, has been a huge, a huge disappointment this season thus far for the Packers. 
currently 60th out of 78 guards per pro football focus. And I, I, I pro football focus, not the end all be all, but they do get, you get a lot of data from them and you can kind of, it makes sense when you look at John Runyon's score and his rating, and then you watch him play action. You know, you watch, you watch the actual games and you're like, yeah, John Runyon's not very good, but he's going to have to play extremely well or the Packers are going to have to get some uh, 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 Ryan in there and put him at right guard and play him more than they have been. Because Jones is a guy who could completely disrupt everything you wanted to do uh, game plan-wise. He's that disruptive, and you have to account for him. Jenkins, the past couple weeks, have been has been playing like the Elton Jenkins prior uh, the ACL injury. Uh, his, his production has been better each and every week, and he's playing very good football. Walker gives up some boneheaded plays here and there, but overall he's been solid. Yash Nijman has been decent in that spot. And uh, Zach Tom, the right tackle, he has been incredible. He's He's been holding down that right tackle spot the entire season for Green Bay. And him continuing to play well, he might even need to uh, throw a body at Jones every now and then. But they need to run the football, which the Packers don't do well. They're not a run-blocking unit. They're better at passing the football. But they have to be able to run the football against Kansas City to open up the play action and be able to attack downfield. Because, the, as I mentioned, the Chiefs defense, they're going to be firing zero, zero coverage, so man across the board, and just blitzing nonstop. It worked against Jordan Love in his first career start. I'm sure Kansas City is going to employ the same game plan on let's attack him and see what happens. And if he beats you, the Chiefs are going to modify and uh, change things up if they have to. But if they don't have to, they're just going to keep attacking the A-gaps and trying to get pressure in Jordan Love's face to force him into making mistakes. Watson, Dobbs, Reed, those three need to play to the level that they played against the Lions. Reed's been playing very good football the last couple weeks, making a lot of catches, some big catches. Watson had a great game against Detroit after Musgrave went out. I think we need to use Watson in that same type of role you did last week where you attack the middle of the field with him, get him the ball and give him room to run, use his speed. And Dobbs just comes up with catches. He, he, what, when he's focused, the problem is he's got very strong hands. But I think he forgets he has strong hands sometimes, and he struggles to come down with the football. But Romeo Dobbs, extremely strong hands, good route running. He he can definitely make some mis, uh, matchup issues for you. And then Dontrevious Wicks, if he's able to play, he's questionable. But I think he's going to play. The only two that are pretty much out is Eric Stokes and Aaron Jones. Stokes is doubtful. Jones is out. Obviously, some of the other players may not play who are questionable, but they need, you know, with Wicks back, that's four wide receivers that can pretty much beat you in multiple facets. And then Tucker Craft, maybe he can build on last week's game against Detroit and continue. The big matchup issue you're going to have if you're the Packers in the passing game is 2022 first-round pick Trent McDuffie. He is very good in coverage. Very good supporting the run, and he's played slot 
316 of his snaps, and he's played out wide 187 uh, of his snaps, and he's played in the box 106. So he, he's a guy that's not afraid to get up and stop the run if he has to. The safeties are decent, and the other corners is solid. Nothing special, but he's solid. Legarius uh, Sneed. He, he's a solid, um, he's a solid corner. Like I said, nothing special, but he's solid. And when the Chiefs do go nickel, Jalen Watson goes to the boundary. McDuffie bumps inside, and he's a he's decent in coverage. Nothing special, but you know, probably average. There should be plays to be had against this Kansas City Chiefs defense if Jordan Love can have some time. And Reed and Watson and Wicks have shown, especially Wicks and Reed have shown they can be very good with yards after the catch. It's kind of strange. We we went from a couple weeks ago talking about are the Packers going to win another game? There are three wins, and we're like, are they going to win another game? Are they going to be have a chance at the number one pick in the draft? Is Matt LaFleur's job in jeopardy? Is Joe Barry going to make it through the season? And now we're sitting at five and six. And things are looking up. The Packers are in the the Packers pretty much control their own destiny if they want to make the playoffs. If they and you know if they win pretty much all except one game left, it'd be great to win out. But if they win uh all you know, majority of their games they have left, they're likely gonna make the playoffs. It'd be nice to beat Kansas City. But they can, and here's here's what I want to remind Packer fans here before we we get true up too upset if Kansas City just comes in and whoops our ass from pillar of the post using a referencing term here. It's okay. The Packers still have a shot at the playoffs. They still in the driver's seat of their own destiny. This game is pretty much house money. If you win it, great. It helps your chances that much more. But ultimately, when you look at the schedule, the Packers have ahead. This game doesn't really mean anything except it'd be nice to win. It'd be nice to beat Kansas City in a likely snow game and get that win on Sunday Night Football and have Jordan Love another strong performance. The big thing is, win or lose, I want to continue to see the Packers perform at a high level on offense. They've been playing well the last three or four weeks, been able to move the football. We got some points scored last week, scoring, I know seven of it was on defense, but the Packers scored 29 points last week. Let's continue to build on that, score some more, move the football some more, and continue to see growth. And I don't think it's any, I don't think it's any coincidence that, and I mentioned this on my my Green Bay post-game show that I did last Thursday. Unfortunately, I probably won't have another chance to do that the rest of the season. But I commented on my post-game show last Thursday that it's no coincidence. I think I did it on my show Wednesday too. It's no coincidence that the Packers are, Jordan Love especially, is playing significantly better as Jaden Reed and Dontravius Wicks are really showing that they can play at the NFL level. We saw a bunch of growing pains through that four-game, what, four-game losing streak. Saw a bunch of growing pains, and I talked about, it. Did, are we going to win another game this year or not? But they've grown up. Love has grown up along with Reed and Wicks. 
Dobbs is continuing to be a, a clutch performer. And hopefully, you know, you get Watson being able to build. And I want to see the Packers continue to show development as we move ahead. And a couple, couple things that kind of stand out to me looking at this game. Um, pro football focus, like I said, they have a lot of data that you can pinpoint. Turnover-worthy play. Who has who has had more turnover worthy plays this season? Jordan Love or Patrick Mahomes? And it's close, but Patrick Mahomes. Love has also had more big time throw percentage um, this season as well. And no, I'm not saying. And then passer rating under pressure: Jordan Love is at 69, Mahomes is at 60. Pocket clean pocket: Jordan Love's at 93, Pat Mahomes is at 112. So I, I guess what I'm saying, and I stress to get pressure on Pat Mahomes, his passer rating goes from 112 in a clean pocket to 60 in a under pressure. So get pressure on him. And I'm not saying that Jordan Love and Mahomes are in, in the same stratosphere as a quarterback. These are just kind of stats I find interesting. They were talking a few weeks back on if Jordan Love can be the guy or not. And side by side between him and Mahomes, they're really not that far apart this season, I guess, is the key. So I think the Packers lose, unfortunately. But I think, you know, at six, I think it's six and a half. Six or six and a half is the spread. Uh, the, the Chiefs are minus six and a half. I think the Packers lose, but it's going to be within that six points margin. It's going to be a three or four point loss uh, this week. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if it comes down to an Andres Carlson field goal and he unfortunately misses it. That's the way I think this game is going to go. Well, now it's five and a half. The Chiefs are minus five and a half. But I still think it's going to be closer than that. Again, I wouldn't be surprised if it unfortunately comes down to a missed field goal. I hope not. Hope I'm wrong there. I hope the Packers win, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's what happens. Moving on. Who are the surprising teams in the NFL thus far this season? Who are the surprises? I think the Denver Broncos at six and five, especially how they looked earlier this season. They've won five in a row. So kind of show you where they were they were one and five at one point. Now they're six and five. They won five in a row. I think that's a surprise. Uh the Cleveland Browns, even with Deshaun Watson in and out of the lineup at seven and four is a surprise and Deshaun Watson's performance hasn't been that good either. The Steelers at 7 and 4 have been a bit of a surprise. The Texans 6 and 5 and it looks like they found their guy at quarterback. CJ Stroud they're a surprise this season in the AFC and in the NFC the surprise teams not really any that stand out to me. I think there's not really any team that stand out to me in a positive way in the NFC. Um, I guess the Falcons at five and six, they were not very good last year and they're five and six leading the NFC South tied for the division lead in the NFC South, uh, NFC uh, South right now. And now biggest disappointments, the biggest disappointments to me this season, the Buffalo Bills sitting at six and six. You know, you look at a team. You look at a team like Cincinnati. You could put Cincinnati in the biggest disappointment category, 
but you've also had an under 100% and now injured Joe Burrow. When they got off to their rough start, Joe Burrow was not 100%. They look like they're starting to get their groove back, and then Joe Burrow tears a tendon in his wrist. So the, the, the Bengals have an excuse. Buffalo and then the Jets. The Jets sitting at 4-7. and seven. They've been a disappointment. But Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles, allegedly, in week one, and he's been out ever since. So it can't they get a pass, too, at their 4-7 and seven mark because they've been depending on Zach Wilson and now Tim Boyle to lead the way in Jetland until maybe Rodgers comes back in about a month from uh, about a, three or four weeks from now. I don't know. But Buffalo, Josh Allen's healthy. Stephon Diggs is healthy. The defense, for the most part, is healthy. And they sit at 6-6. Six and six. They score a lot. They give up a lot. They're 1-4 away from Buffalo. And they, they, they're, they're out of the playoffs right now, if the playoffs were to start today. They're out of the playoffs. They're three games behind, or two and a half games behind Miami. They're basically they're they are a big disappointment to me this season. They're probably the biggest disappointment in the AFC to me. And in the NFC, don't really have a big disappointment. My other AFC disappointment, apologize, would be the chart uh, the Chargers. The Chargers loses a three in a row, sitting at four and seven. They have been a Big, humongous disappointment this season in the NFL. You have that much talent across the board with the Chargers. Eckler, Herbert, Darwin James, Bosa, Khalil Mack. Very good offensive line. But here you sit, four and seven, and they don't look good at all winning four games they look disorganized and Staley has to have the hottest seat right now out of all the coaches on the hot seat Staley to me has to be the hottest coach hot seat I don't know if he makes it through the end of the year they he's supposed to be a defensive mastermind he had one he was a defense coordinator for the Rams for one year and he got a head coaching job out of that and he gives up nine, the ninth most points per game at 23.8, the third highest passer rating to opponents, and the fourth most yards per play at 5.8. It's not looking good for the Los Angeles Chargers and Staley. You have a ton of talent on offense, ton of talent on defense. No NFL team spent more money on its defense in 2023 than the Los Angeles Chargers. And here they are looking bad. Staley's not a head coach. And I don't know if he's going to get another head coaching job after this. Other coaches on the hot seat in the NFL right now, you got Ron Rivera, commander. Del Rio just got let go. I think they let Rivera finish the year before they let him go. We have a new owner. You have a new owner in Washington who wants to make his own identity. And I think they're going to let him go at the end of the season. Um, over the last five years, including the end of his stint with Carolina, Rivera does not have a winning record. Um, following Cap Newton's MVP season in 2015, 
He's only won one playoff game and 10 games below 500. So not really good for Rivera, and I think he will be out of a job at the end of the season. Bill Belichick, believe that is on the hot seat. There, I don't know if the Patriots are going to fire Belichick. That's Robert Kraft. I don't know what he's going to do, but that's going to be a big firing and probably the hottest name on the market for head coaching jobs if Belichick is let go. But he's definitely on the hot seat, and will if the Patriots continue to look non-competitive in games. I think his job is definitely in jeopardy. Robert Sala, I think he gets another year in New York, uh, especially if Rodgers um, is back and healthy. I think Sala gets another year in New York, but he's definitely on the hot seat. Uh, I know it's not just him. The GM of the Jets is just bad. He's not done a good job of building that offense. He, he struck out big time at the quarterback position in Wilson. And now Rodgers is hurt. Um, Arthur Smith, if the Falcons make the playoffs, I think he's safe. But he's another one that is also on the hot seat as well. Some names to be familiar with in this, sorry, this coaching cycle. You got Ben Johnson, offensive coordinator of the Lions. He's done a great job with Jared Goff in Detroit and making the Lions offense one of the top producing offenses in the NFL. Um, Avaro, defense coordinator for the Panthers. He's a guy who's going to be head coach someday, and this might be the offseason that he does it. He might get the main job in Carolina if they can't get the big sexy name like Hardball from Michigan. He might get that job. Frank Smith, offense coordinator of the Dolphins, going to get a lot of attention, leading Tua and company. The Dolphins' offense has been very good uh, this season. Ken Dorsey lost the job with the Bills uh, as the offense coordinator, but he may um, he may get a shot. Brian Callahan, Bengals' offensive coordinator, is a name to keep an eye on. Press Taylor, coordinator for the Jaguars. Kellen Moore, uh, offensive coordinator for the Chargers. Brian Johnson, off- offensive coordinator for the Eagles. Uh, those are names to be aware of this coaching cycle in the NFL. And Eric Bieniemy, his name is always out there as potential. We'll see if he ends up getting the head coaching job finally or not. Uh, some defensive coaches that are potential. Mike McDonald, the Ravens defensive coordinator. He has one of the top-ranked defenses this season in the NFL. His name's going to come about a little bit this cycle. Uh, Shane Brown, defense coordinator for the Titans, is a name to keep an eye on. Jared Mayo, the defensive, the defensive uh, well, sorry, the linebackers coach for the Patriots. He had a couple of opportunities last season that he interviewed for. Um, those are guys to take a look at. And one name, so Dan Quinn, of course, uh, his name's going to be hot. Raheem Morris is going to, name's going to be hot. Brian Flores for what he's done in Minnesota as the coordinator there this season. Steve Wilkes did a really good job as the interim coach in Carolina last year. He's the 49ers defense coordinator currently. 
He's a guy to keep an eye on. And coach to really pay attention to, and especially for the Raiders, a guy to keep an eye on now that the Raiders will be looking for a head coach this year, Rick Biscaccia. Biscaccia. I think he's a guy that the Raiders might decide to bring back as their head coach because they feel they missed an opportunity uh, when they hired McDaniels instead of hiring him. Those are some names to keep an eye on um, as potential coaches um, this coaching cycle. And looking at the time, I've already been talking to you for 36 minutes, and I know some of you watching are like, when are you going to stop? I think I'm going to stop it there. Next week, I will talk some books, talk some brewers. I promise that. Couple quick things to throw out there before I let you go. Shout out to the Badger women's volleyball team getting a one seed in the NCAA tournament. They're, as we speak, playing Miami in the second round of the NCAA tournament. And I'm looking up quick to see where they're at right now. They were up one set to nothing last I saw. And let's see where they're at now. They're up two sets over Miami as of 32 minutes ago, beating Miami in the first set. Kind of um, kind of a close 25-23 set one, 25-15 in set two, and we're currently in set three at the Fieldhouse in Madison. And shout out to Sarah Franklin, the Big Ten Player of the Year. And I personally know what she went through this offseason as she – could not go to Europe when the Badgers went to Europe to play in a tournament against some international team. She couldn't go because she had some blood clot issues. And I, I know personally how she feels. It's it's very serious matter. And there were times that we didn't know, and the bat I guess I should say the Badgers didn't know if she would be able to play this season. But not only has she played this season, She's gotten the Big Ten Player of the Year, and she's just an outstanding volleyball player. And the Badgers are just an outstanding team. They they had a, they had a couple rough spots. They lost in Nebraska, um, their first loss of the year when they were number one team in the country. I still feel Wisconsin's better than Nebraska. We kind of saw that the second time they played this season, although you can argue that Nebraska had already clinched the Big Ten, so maybe they took their foot off the gas a little bit. Either way, I think Wisconsin's a better team, and it should be an exciting NCAA tournament for volleyball. I just hope ESPN Plus gets their crap together because last night it didn't work very well for the for the volleyball um, tournament. And in WWE, shockingly, Nobody saw it. Well, I guess a few people saw it coming. But CM Punk is back in WWE, shows up at the end of Survivor Series. And it's quite the, you know, it's quite the experience to watch live seeing CM Punk return at Survivor Series. So with that said, going to recap Packers Chiefs, preview Packers Giants, and talk about whatever else there is to talk about starting... Uh, recapping the weekend of sports. Thank you so much for listening to Talking Sports with Evan. Appreciate you watching, listening, however you consume my show. I appreciate it, and I am in the works to try to get some guests on to 
make it that it's not just me talking to you for 30 minutes because i i know you people would rather have something a little more jazz and upbeat and fun and whatever and i'm going you know, i'm working on trying to figure out different ways to livening it up the podcast as well uh give a shout out to um try to find his tweet handle um the gym rat shout out to him i appreciate you listening and i'm going to figure i'm going to work on getting it more entertaining i i do agree i do have to probably work on that a little bit i i i will and we'll see so with that said thank you all for watching listening i'll get back at you next week this has been talking sports with evan